So it's not always true that we rejoice at the voice of the Lord because we are uh, more enamored of our, our hiding places. And our hiding places are the places where we find artificial consolation. And so when the voice of the Lord reaches us in those hiding places, we, since we are more enamored of them than we are of his voice, we can mistake the voice as a threat and not as a promise. And so part of our movement and development in the spiritual life is to push through any sense uh, when the Lord's voice is heard, either in the midst of a temptation or the midst of a sin, that this voice is not our friend, even though it will be painful for us to leave the place of artificial consolation. If we follow that voice, we receive authentic consolation. And authentic consolation is that which takes up in our heart and almost becomes a fountain where we can keep going back to it and keep receiving from it. Whereas artificial consolation, you always have to go outside of yourself to be renewed, quote-unquote, from an external source. But once we have allowed the voice to inhabit us, we can be renewed by a slight turn of the will to choose to be in his presence and listen to him. And there'll be a transition time. Like in physical exercise, when you haven't exercised for a while, there's a transition time where you get up in the morning and you hate it because you know pain awaits. And then if you miss it after a while, you hate missing it. It's very paradoxical. You actually become friends with exercise. And when you don't do it, you miss it. St. Bonaventure said, that which was once bitter is now sweet, and that which was once sweet is now bitter. And that's what Jesus is trying to do. He's trying to change us from thinking our artificial consolations are sweet so that we can begin to really see them as bitter and run instead to true consolation in him, the sweetness, the real sweetness. And the tragedy of our lives is that some people get this and some people don't. It's very, very difficult. Uh, we live in an addictive society. And it's very, very difficult to break the, the sweetness of immediate gratification. But we have to push against it, but not in a, um, a naive sense that we're going to do this on our own. We push against it Help, uh, calling out to Christ to come alongside of us to eventually Christ almost taking the bulk of the work and that which we thought was a labor to get rid of. Actually, he gifts us with it. He gifts us with it. One of the prayers you should pray as you receive Holy Communion today is, Lord, make me bored with the sins that I love. Give me the gift of being bored with the sins that I love. It's a great gift that he wants to give us. We can actually taste the emptiness of the artificial consolation that we keep going to. 
There was a time in my life where I was addicted to double-stuffed Oreos. Those, those wonderful, delightful things that if I think about them too much right now, I might trigger myself into wanting one because they're so delightful on the inside. But as I prayed and became more disciplined and asked the Lord for the gift, I can't even eat them anymore. They taste like cardboard. That which was once sweet is now bitter as a gift. It's not something that I, I did myself. The, the, the thing you are so attached to that you think you can never live without. He will replace with himself as gift. Ask for it. Ask and you will receive. Do you believe that? The other thing that happens to us a lot of times is that when we hear his voice, we mourn the loss of our sins. We have become so attached to them that we actually grieve when they are asked to be dropped. That's, that's the very um, inside of our pathetic human nature, that we would grieve the loss of evil. But we do. When I no longer wanted to be a glutton, the first thing I thought about was how sad it would be not to be one. How pathetic. And all Jesus is doing with his voice is calling us to freedom. And with each Holy Communion you receive, you want to ask the Lord to enter into those places where you are still attached to artificial consolation and break you of that bond so that you can truly be free to hear his voice and respond with joy. Because as the psalm says, he takes delight in you. Which is always very difficult for many people to believe. Because we're always looking at ourselves negatively. Very few people really think they're God's gift to the world. And if they do, it's a false pride that usually is born of self-hate. So it's very, very difficult for us to think that we are worthy to be God's delight. And of course, if we keep wanting to be worthy of that, we'll never reach it. Because he doesn't delight in us because we have achieved perfection. He delights in us because he is good. And he loves. He's delighting in us because of who he is. And if we let him love, in other words, if we let him be who he is, we will feel his delight. Yeah, but it's hard to stay in the presence of love when you feel you're not worthy of it. Exactly. That's the great drama and the great struggle of Catholicism. Can you let yourself be loved when you don't love yourself? Can you stay put long enough to know, no, to know 
in your bones that you have been chosen? Or are you always turning your glance aside from his loving gaze? Let's try not to do that. No matter what shape we think we're in, he's only gazing at you with love. He delights in you. Listen to the voice of the one who delights in you, not in the ones who condemn you, not in the ones who reject you. Listen to the voice of the one who delights in you. 